Sandra. Who are we? <laughs> We're a bunch of screaming divas. Divas. <laughs> divas. divas. And today we interviewed like opera royalty. We said this before about Renee Fleming, but she is like diva royalty. I mean, yep. unbelievable. Who'd we interview? I get to say it. I'm I know. So yes. Because you're a fangirl. Fangirl. People, seriously pay attention. We interviewed da, 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 Denise Graves. Ha! Huh? I mean, <laughs> what can we, what, what do we need to say about Denise Graves? Uh, besides everything. Diva Extraordinaire. Yeah. She is everything. She has done everything. She's sung for presidential inaugurations. She's sung for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I mean, people, Sesame Street. Let it do. The PBS list is Christmas on. special every year, people. It airs every year, PBS every Christmas year. special. I mean, that's but, just amazing. But we were lucky and fortunate to talk with her actually about her new passion, her newfound passion that she found during the pandemic. And it is spectacular. I mean, there are no words to describe what she is doing for the opera world now. That is not only going to impact our time, but it's going to impact time like after we're all gone and that is immense and huge and when you hear her talk about her foundation and the pro the, the first and main project of the foundation and how that branches out it is unbelievably stunning it's exciting it's inspiring for uh, i mean because your career doesn't end when you walk off the stage she's still singing by the way i mean yep. hello still singing directing her directorial debut is happening next season at minnesota with carmen Teaching so, voice. Teaching voice. I mean, she's a force to be reckoned with people, but this project, I I mean, yeah. to hear her describe it, I've read about it, but to hear her describe it is, you have to watch this. Please yes, we watch will. this. Get behind it. Please support her as well, because this is something that is going to make a huge difference. Massive. So join us as we cheer our diva today Thank and please. watch this clip. Seriously. Ding. <laughs> Ding. And Did yeah. Everybody? Oh, subscribe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't said it in a while. So you haven't said that in forever. Oh my I gosh. Because like the subscribers are coming and it's amazing. Blow me away, people. Y'all are blowing us away. We yeah. love you. Thanks Stay for watching safe. and listening. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. And what a better, th like, there is no better time than now to to tell the story right no better time than now the time is now because Perfect. you know the pandemic thank god it, 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 as long as you remain healthy was a time of great reflection for mm -hmm. everybody mm -hmm. like we all started saying what are we doing with our lives we all went inside and and we we saw so many pandemics unfold in front mm -hmm. of us like it was a real gift in a lot of ways, as long as you weren't ill or didn't have to deal with somebody who was ill. I, I don't right. want to minimize that at all. This has been horrific. Yes. What's yeah. happened? No, no, no. But yeah. for those of us who've been at home and been healthy, and we've been looking at how do we want to use our lives? How do we want our lives to be of service? You know, how do we want to make this place better? Because all you have to do is turn on the news and we're just going like, oh my Hi. God, I can't. I can't Hi. believe that. I can't believe that. And we're at a place now where we just, we cannot be complacent. You know that one person can make an enormous change in this world. Oh, see, foundation. Ooh.
I love that. Can't wait to talk I about that. <gasps> there she is. Hi, everybody. Hello. Oh my gosh. Oh wait, you got the, Carrie was prepared for this. I didn't get my diva mug. Um, I got the diva mug because I'm slightly like fangirling out here, people. Like I might freak out just saying, hi, love you. Okay, huge fan. <laughs> Y'all are so cute. Y'all are cute, cute, cute. Well, all right, I, I gotta go get my diva mug too. I've got one. You know more. what? We should all get our diva mugs and we should redo this. What do you think? <laughs> I'll be right back. I'm getting my diva okay. mug. There she is. Oh, you got, which ones do you have? Well, I've got the one from my cooking show. Oh, we love that. And I've got one from the foundation. We love that too. Gosh. Is this happening? Okay, are we ready? Shall we? Shall we? Hello, Diva. Hello, Diva. Hello, Divas. We all have our little Diva mug. I've got my with Denise mug. You've got your red Diva mug and the black Diva mug with all the beautiful cursive script. There you go. Well, you know, I mean, we had to pull out all the stops because you are a super diva. Superstar. What's and... on your piano? Let me see what's back oh, there. What is not on my piano? Let's see. This is our article from Opera News. <laughs> Ooh. This is, this is our logo. The Screaming Divas. I love then, that. All my tchotchkes. My, my husband calls this my wall of shame. Oh, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> not fame, but shame. You know, like, and uh, what else? Oh, what? Next role that I'm doing new. Wow! I don't know. I think I might be slightly crazy for doing that, but I don't know. Big girl, big girl panties have gone on. Serious <laughs> singing. So <laughs> this is Carrie. You've not met Carrie, but I'm sure you've seen her. Actually, we met a very oh, okay. long, long time ago. I was a student. And you came to Florida State to do a master class or to do a master class or no, a recital. Florida State to do a recital. And in the program, there was this amazing picture of you laying on the steps. I think it was a church maybe. And they're in a white dress. That was done. Essence Magazine did that. It was lying on the steps um, and they airbrushed out my tattoos. Okay. And that's what I wanted to talk about because I think there was one tattoo. No, in person, I saw the tattoo and I had to talk to you about that because it really changed how I thought deep, you know, I was always taught diva, diva, but this was like the super cool diva who had tattoos. And I was like, I love her. <laughs> you know what? When we did that photo shoot, I remember very well, they said, we want to get you coming down the staircase. Like I said, first of all, okay, can I just tell you that no opera singer, you can knock on Sonia's door right now. She does not have a ball gown on. Okay. I'm just going to tell you, we're not walking around the house like that. Good for you. I said, and that shot, everybody in the whole wide world has done it. And they said, well, what do you want to do? I said, catch me like I really am, like in my tennis shoes and like my overalls. And, and they said, well, we want to get you in a gown. I said, well, let me lie on the staircase. They were like, what? We don't think that's going to work. That's the one they took. Um, and how you many know, divas have copied that? Because it's effing fabulous. Sorry, I just had to say that. It's fierce. It is a fierce photo. And I just, I mean, I was already a fan of you anyway, and your work and Carmen and and um, Dalai La and all this stuff, because I started as a mezzo. But when I saw like how real and down to earth and cool you were, I was like, that's that's what I want. That's awesome. So wait, you left the sisterhood? You left? Mm -hmm. Yes, and she came, she came to the dark side. 
Oh, you so did? Why, Lord? She's a why? soprano now. You totally did. I did. Uh -huh. Yes, I jumped did. off the cliff and, and then I was like, why? But you sure. know what? The best part is that I think I still personality wise and still very much a mezzo. It's why I think I get along with soprano so well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I started as a mezzo too. So there you go. I'm a mezzo at heart, you know, and, and everybody, when they hear my speaking voice, they're like, oh, you're a mezzo. Yeah. Yeah. Right? No. I'm a soprano, but it takes a long time. Piotr Pichala and I had this conversation because I don't know if you ever hear Piotr talk, but he sounds like a baritone. And he said, I wake up as a baritone, but it takes me a long time to get up to tenor. And that's, that's kind of me. Like I wake up as a mezzo, maybe even a contralto. <laughs> and it's like, mm, okay, spin it. Okay. We have so much to talk to you about and Carrie is slightly fangirling. So she gets vocal <laughs> diarrhea when she. <laughs> Thank you for outing me. I love you too. I'm paybacks or hell. That's all I have to say. I know, I know. <laughs> but we just want to say first and foremost, congratulations finally on your opera news award. Yes. Like... First of all, y'all got the black outfits. I should have put on a little black turtleneck or something. Oh, no, no, no. We no, never no, no. You have the diva red on. Yeah, you diva red, and we never plan it. It just sometimes it just happens. <laughs> but I wore I wore the diamonds for you because I can't be uh, there. Yeah. You know. So I, I thought a little bling bling for you. But I mean, come on. How many how many years have you been singing? Thirty five on the stage. Yes. Yes. And you're just now getting that award. Well, oh. better late than never. I'll take it. I'll take okay. it. Okay. Okay. No, okay. I'm just look. Look, I'm pleased, I'm happy, I'm excited to just be still in the game doing what it is that we love to do. And that's the honest God's truth. Okay. Yeah. And you've that. had a few blips along the way we read. A lot, a lot. Yep. And I, one of those blips, you and I have a very similar story and I, you don't probably know this, but uh, Steven Zytels became my very best friend and changed my life in 2002 when I had vocal surgery. Okay, so I, I've not talked about this um, ever that much, I don't think. Do you, do you um, want to? I know it's out there. I'm happy to talk about it. So uh, mm. first of all, he's now like one of my dearest friends in his wife and um, uh, he he's so myopic. He had to, of course, marry another otolaryngologist because like, you have to be one if you want to talk. You know, I've gone out with him and I said, Stephen, I'm happy to hang, but I swear to God, I cannot talk about vocal folds all night long. We're going to have to talk about something. We're going to have to mix it up. Wine. And talk about regular stuff. Yeah. Um, so I have had a, a big issue the whole of my life. Well, two, two. And you can probably even see now. Oh, See, you can see these. I've got lots of goiters in my neck. You oh, can, very yeah, yeah, you can actually. They're very pronounced. Anyway, so that's another thing. Okay. So, um, but I've all I've had the whole of my adult life what's been called um, occipital neuralgia, and I've had um, cluster headaches. Oh. And so, um, when you get them, they're worse than migraines. So oh. it's 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 when you get a bunch of headaches at once and they congregate in the same place. And it's like nothing will get rid of them. Now, now I've been prescribed a medication that gets rid of them, but 
Oh, amazing. I'm, at the time that um, two things happened. Um, I was getting those headaches all the time and you literally, you know, you want to just. Fetal position, crawl up in a ball. And yeah, I mean, it's it just, it's, it's, it's absolutely unbearable. Actually, when mm -hmm. I was, when I was a young artist in Houston Grand Opera, um, they said to me, Denise, you've got to get this thing under control. Like they sent me to 11 neurologists to try to figure out, they were like, you have got, because like I could not even function, like couldn't function the whole thing. And they said, you've got, and David Gottlieb was so great. He was like, honey, you have got to figure this thing out or else that's the end. Like you are not going to have a career because we cannot do these like, oh, Denise is out again because, you know. Yeah. So um, there was nothing that was taking care of those headaches. And so I was taking Advil. Oh. Mm -hmm. We know where this is going. And I was doing a concert with the Delaware Symphony and I sang the first half of the concert. Everything was fine. The voice was fine. There was no issues. I was in the wings <clears throat> and I sneezed. I sneezed. Mm -hmm. yep. And I hemorrhaged. But I hemorrhaged because I had been taking all of those Advil. Yeah because it was the only thing so whatever the maximum amount like you're supposed to i don't know what it is now you like four six hours apart or something like whatever the maximum daily that's what i was taking and i would try to get in front of it because that was because i could not function anyway that was then okay and i went to him and i had seen several doctors actually and they all said to me including my voice doctor who was dr jeffrey libin in in yep. new york mine too my gosh same path there and he said to me, he said, Denise, if it were me or if it were anybody in my family, I would go see Steve Zytel's. And I made the rounds. I, I went to all the well-known doctors and they all told me. In fact, one office I went, uh, I'll just won't say the name of this, a very, very well-known um, doctor. And the secretary said to me, can I come talk to you on the side? And she said, get out of here. Whoa. And I'm going to tell you where to go. Go see Steve Zytel, but every people, everybody told me. Go everybody. See, everybody said, go see him, go see him. Me too, exact same story. Everybody said, go see this guy. And so I went to go see him. I remember what I was wearing and he came and he sat next to me and he put his hand on my leg and I started body sobbing. I was like, <gasps> he mm -hmm. says, I'm gonna take care of you. Don't worry, it's gonna all be okay. I'm gonna take care of you. I'm gonna fix you. And he did. He's a rock star. I have to say that he made me feel so good. I, I mean, same story. Dr. Libin said the same thing. He said, Sandra, mm -hmm. I love you more than anything else. And if I mess this up, I would never okay. forgive myself. Go see Dr. Zytel's. He's the best in the world. And I went to see Dr. Zytel's with my old voice teacher, Ruth Falcon. Oh. And Ruth was the one who started crying, not me. And she said, <laughs> his voice, if it's ruined, I don't know what would happen. And Zytel said, Listen, honey, 99.99% sure I can fix it. And yeah. I was like, you are so cavalier. You are such a rock star. And you know what? I felt so comfortable going into that surgery. He made me feel so relaxed and, right. he, and he fixed it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. You know, uh, I'm tied in with, uh, he's now retired, but Tom Cleveland and the voice clinic down here in the South. I met him actually in college when he came to do a master class, and I went through my own vocal issues through college and had to rebuild and learn. But what I learned about Advil was 
you have to know the vascularity of your cords. You have to know what your cords, A, not only look like that way, and we all, nowadays we have way more better imaging than we did back then 20 years yeah. ago, but also um, to know, have videos and pictures of what your vocal cords look like healthy so that when you are in trouble, you can take this and say, this is what's healthy is what's going on now, Travel wherever you are in the yeah. world, because you never know if you're in the middle of Germany, you've got to see a voice specialist there. And maybe there's a language barrier or whatever you have pictures or, you know, see a thousand words, but with Advil, that's kind of what I, I had learned. If you've got yeah. really strong vascularity on the edges of your cords, you should never take Advil ever. Yep, but yep. who tells you this stuff? Nobody is telling you this in university in young artist programs. There's no health class that you could actually really take that teaches you the health, how to keep this healthy. Vocal health. No. Well, I think they're doing it now. They're doing it now. It, okay. It's definitely folded into, um, into the curriculum. That's for sure. But um, oh, at the time that it was going on for me, you know, it, and also it was such an immediate thing. Like I would get these headaches and I could not function. And, the, and, and they put me on all kinds of crazy, crazy medications, which you know, made you all foggy and all doped up and all these different things. And so we had to find the right, you know, we had to find the right thing. And he was just, he, he is just so, and he's also, he's so excited about it. Yep. It, he yep. lives it. It's, he gets so excited about um, like vocal folds, you know? Yeah. Well, I can, <laughs> I can say that the world is so grateful for that man, for your careers, both of you, oh, my yeah. goodness, where would we be without the two of you? So it's and amazing. Yeah. There's, there's such a taboo around talking about vocal surgery. And I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't talk about it like you, I didn't talk about it for years and years and years because I was afraid, oh, if I have one bad show, then people are going to say, oh, well, she's got that, the, the injury's back, you know, or, or, or her career's over. And I mean, sports players talk about baseball players, you know, they have shoulder surgery. Hello. Okay. Hey. But we talk about it and, oh, well, bad technique or, oh, they must have done something wrong, right? She's done. She's over. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. And, and I, I applaud you for he talks, he talks about that too. He says, you know, you don't want a dancer to be like a foot model, right? If you're in a high risk, I mean, if, you know, if this is what you're doing, if this, and, and we all know that being a singer is like, that is the most athletic thing. And if you're singing and if you're lucky and if you're working and all the time and going all over the place from one engagement to the next, things mm -hmm. happen, things mm -hmm. happen. They just do. Yeah, totally. Yeah lack of sleep and okay so then after that or before that you had a baby did that affect oh, my, oh yeah and and now where i am now with menopause that's another thing that's another girl thing. girl we what one started told me she said denise look you just have to just keep singing just keep singing through it and of course every body is a different body mm -hmm. when i was um, i've had a hysterectomy now and that's another story but but before, but when I was menstruating and stuff, whenever I got my cycle, like I was a heavy, that was another thing too, like super, super, super heavy. Like the first day I was out of the game, the first day I couldn't even hardly leave the house. And that was one of the reasons that I had to have hysterectomy because I had fibroid, um, fibroid tumors oh. everywhere. I had seven myomectomies, by the way, seven. Oh my God. Seven. Is that related to this? 
Well, it is related to that because of the hormones. Mm-hmm. Because of the mm-hmm. hormones. So I always got it really, really bad when I was, um, you know, when I had, when I had my cycle, I was really, really bad and had this, I would get hoarse, the whole thing would happen. And now doing menopause, that's been on full, you know, like the night sweats all the time. I was at the doctor the other day. I was like, okay, how long? They don't know. How long? Are we in this? And like, everybody's different. Years ago, it was good. But like, am I in this till the end or what? <laughs> till the end of I, time. It, what uh, from it what I hear, it, it feels like it. I am not looking forward to that. And I, you know, had the hormone panel done because I'm at a time where I could. You can go into premenopause at 40. So, yeah. I mean, A, pay attention, ladies. Those are the, at the end of the 30s, going into 40s. So I wanted to see what the hormonal panel was. I'm not there yet, but I'm like, I'm like you, there's a day where it's just over. And if I actually have to sing a show that day, I have to take drugs to get through it. Cause it's like slamming two by fours together. It's just so thick, <laughs> so fat. I mean, it really is. It just feels like boom, every time I, you know, throw the cords together. So I'm so I call, sorry you've gone through all that. I call doctors. I tells, uh, when, when I started going through it and I was like, okay, I've heard because uh, I talk to a lot of singers, like you said, Flicka, and you talk with her, and I talk with Susie Graham and, mm-hmm. you know, Renee Fleming, and what was your story, blah, blah, blah. And they said, well, you know, one would say this, one would say that. I was like, okay, Stephen, what do I do? Like, is this good for the voice? Is it bad for the voice? And he said, you know, in my opinion, it, everybody's different. I can't tell you yes or no, but he said, it does make the voice unstable. So, rude. which makes that what we do even the more heroic right and and has this that you really need to know what it is you're doing you got to know what you're doing to be up there on the front line under the lots you know uh, the lights you know front and center you've got to know what you're doing and you've got to be able to listen and know your body love it scene end of interview thank you very much bye-bye <laughs> <laughs> i know like really that it, that sums it all up and you've been doing this 35 years so you know good bad and you're still doing it so no. you know how many other people can say that none <laughs> oh wait maybe placido but that's different because he's a man i'm sorry that doesn't count <laughs> yeah, and it's not for the pain of heart it is not it is not you got to be strong and you got to know what's going on man to yeah. be- i love that go carrie Okay, I really would love to talk about this if you want. Um, everything that I read about it just was super exciting and I'm kind of curious how much money, uh, how close you are to your $2 million goal. But it's about your foundation and I don't know if I know this correctly, but if the main, the first project of the foundation is this house that needs to be restored. And I would just love to go down that road and talk to you about it. Okay, so that's going to take up like all of our time because- oh. <laughs> Cliff notes, cliff notes. <laughs> because the foundation is my life, period. Okay. I swear to God, it is the thing that makes me feel the most alive. The whole career and all that stuff has been fabulous, thank God for it. But it was positioning me for the creation of the foundation, period, the end of the story. Okay, so we're in the pandemic, right? And everybody's at home and we're all trying to figure out what's what. Mm-hmm. And one of my students is from Pittsburgh and she's singing 
like outside acapella just like on this broken down stairs you know no railing all this stuff <laughs> talking about this house okay National Negro Opera House by Mary Cardwell Dawson mm -hmm. so because I also teach and because a lot of my students had were just out of school or had just started to embark on careers and all of a sudden and so I was in touch with my young kids like saying oh my god what am I going to do about my girls and you know like what are they going to do now and you know you know how hard it is anyway even when you're successful to balance that whole thing out <laughs> and and here were young people and they're just coming out of school and they got all this debt and and you know now they're starting to make some money and now what right so mm -hmm. I reached out to my students and I was like so I said, listen, everybody, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a project. We're going to raise awareness about the National Negro Opera Company, Mary Caldwell Dawson. Who's that? They said, who's that? I said, exactly why. That's exactly why we're going to do this. Here's what everybody's going to do. You got, everybody's going to sing an aria. You're going to upload it to this site with the hashtag Save the National Opera House. So who's Mary Caldwell Dawson? So Mary Caldwell Dawson wanted to be an opera singer like us, right? So she yep. goes to school. She goes to NEC. She graduates 1925. She's the only black person there. A whole mm -hmm. bunch of stuff went down, but whatever. She graduated and she said, so she tried to make a career. Mm -hmm. Wasn't going to happen in that time. So her response was, okay, well, um, I'll create my own opera house, which is exactly what you are doing right now with the screaming divas. That's what we saw people do in the pandemic. Like some people said like, okay, what are we going to do? We're creative individuals and we've got to do something and we've got to, you know, create community and we still are singers who need audiences and, yes. and all interaction this. with other people. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So people started like realizing that we have to become a little bit technical wizards. We have to figure <laughs> stuff out. Right. And we've got to make it happen for ourselves. Yeah. And that's what the whole thing that I've been preaching to my students from the whole time is because in terms of agency, like if you want to sing, you can sing. There is nothing that prevents you from singing. Nothing. Right? So I don't want to hear about it. If you want to sing, you could, particularly now, right? You can create your own opportunities. We don't have to sit around praying and begging and wishing for somebody to give us a job. Amen. Yep. Yes. Hallelujah. Get off your butts totally and do it. Yes. yes. Right? Well, you did it with your cooking show too. Yeah, we're, we're done with that. So I'm like, look, we're going to have to figure it out. So I told everybody this is what we're going to do. So that's what Mary Caldwell Dawson did. She was like, okay, so let me figure something out. So she created this opera company in um, the, the main houses in Pittsburgh. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she hired 1800 singers. She hired all the um, like orchestra, the designers, directors. This was in 1940. So like you imagine in the time of war, Miss mm -hmm. Lady said, I'm going to create an opera company. Right. So wow. she all these people. So not only that, though, so so she so she starts this opera company. She has chapters in Cleveland, Chicago, Washington, D.C., New York, Baltimore mm. and, of course, Pittsburgh. Right. And they sing at the Metropolitan Opera. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Before Marian Anderson, all that stuff, which people don't know. She mm -hmm. brought 500 black people, which was crazy, crazy. How can we never hear about this? Exactly. And that's the point of the foundation. That's exactly the point of the foundation. So, so, so she creates this opera company. That's that. And that's already amazing. Then she has this music school because they got to pay for it some kind of way. Right. So, so she, she teaches everything she knows how to do. She teaches because she graduated 
from NEC, she got a degree in piano and voice. So she teaches okay. piano, she teaches voice, she teaches languages, she teaches stage direction, all this stuff. One of her students, um, Robert McFerrin, Bobby McFerrin's dad. Bobby Mc... No way. Yeah. And we, we never hear about her. No, we never know about names. her. There were big names that went through there. When I started reading that, I was like, what? And how, why don't like, yeah, why don't we know about this? I'm so glad outrageous. you're doing this. This I mean, is amazing. Outrageous, outrageous, right? So Ahmad Jamal, like, so, so she didn't have the career, but her calling was greater, right? She okay. created so many, many, many careers. Okay, so this house, it's the opera house. It's a music school. Also, it's this access house. So this was during the time of segregation. So all those jazz great people, Lena Horne, Sarah Vaughn, Cab Calloway, Duke Ellington, all those guys, they, they couldn't go to the hotels because that was segregation. So they, so they had no place to stay, mm -hmm. but they would stay at the opera house. That, did you ever see the Green Book? Did you ever see that film? Oh yeah. yeah. So that's where it was like part of the Green Book. Like where could the black people go and stay when they couldn't stay at the hotel. They stayed at the opera house. Very awesome. Like so, so awesome. So this place is a monument, right? It's a historic monument, place number one on the endangered list. So yes. why don't we know about her? Here we've got this great American, considered the first lady of opera, first woman empresaria. It Thank wasn't you. Artist Cranic. It wasn't Who Was Girl, um, Sarah Caldwell, all yeah. those. Love them. They're all fabulous. It was Mary Caldwell Dawson. So everything you've done in your career truly has my led you to life, this. My whole life, even being like in this body and being the person that I am, because this woman created the path that allowed me to have 35 years on the stage. So while it didn't happen for her, she created it for everybody else. Lean mm. Team Price, Grace Bump, you go down the list. I said, this is like, makes me list. proclaim. I know, I'm like, it's like, it's unbelievable. I, like, I mean, there, wow. there needs to be a film, there needs to be the whole thing. So, oh, oh, tell me there is. Yeah. Oh yeah, please, yeah. Cause I mean, if anybody can do it, it's you. So oh. I can't. Speak about it. We'll cut it out. We'll cut this out. Uh, yeah. It's like yeah. it's in the works. It's in the works because tomorrow, tomorrow, I mean, by the time this airs, it'll be later, but tomorrow I'm having a board of directors meeting and someone from um, Warner Media will mm -hmm. come talk a little something, something, something. Good. We're working on that. So there's a woman awesome. who's on our board of directors who's writing the book. Mm -hmm. about um, Mary Caldwell Dawson. Harold Blackwell is doing something about Ciceretta Jones because okay. you know a lot of people know about Marian Anderson, but there were a right. whole lot of, in terms of the black divas. Right. <laughs> way back in the 1800s, it, even coming out of slavery, like Ciceretta Jones, like 20, Ciceretta Jones was like a slave. And, and 20 years, like after that, less than 20 years, she decided like, I want to sing Violetta. Like I want to, and she goes out and finds the wherewithal and the determination to like become an opera singer. I, I mean, crazy. I mean, it's just crazy. So the foundation is focused on the intersections of social justice, American history, and classical vocal arts. Okay, cool. that's what we're talking about. Okay. We're on those great Americans, those hidden figures 
who have been left out of the telling mm -hmm. of the American narrative. Those great people who have contributed to our cultural history and we don't know about them. No. Somebody so mighty and dynamic as Mary Caldwell Dawson considered the first lady back in the forties, mm -hmm. created an, and a woman by oh, herself. I was just gonna say a woman. And the longest running, the most successful, right? Exactly. So, you know, so like, there are lots of different things that we're doing with the foundation okay. that are that's going to pay homage to past, present, and future. So we we're concerned with the whole singer. You know, whether somebody said the other day, so you guys care about singers whether they're living or not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, because those incredible people have contributed to the experience that we're having today, and okay. they paved the path for for women, for black everybody, people, for everybody. 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 For women, I mean, this was a woman back in the 40s who created this opera company and it was successful. I feel yeah. like we, I feel like we need Beyonce's Run the World Girls song going on in the background. <laughs> yes, yes. We need to get Beyonce involved in this, like seriously. Run the world. Mm -hmm. I know. Hello. Okay, wait, so then how much money, because last I read, yeah you you're looking for two million dollars to renovate okay, so, this home so we've got well over a million dollars it's going to be more than two million dollars okay. because, because one of the problems that happened um like for example with the august wilson center in pittsburgh was the lack of having an endowment um, so that we know we, it's going to be beyond getting it built it's going to have to be about sustainability too okay right? and one of the things that we're planning to do as a foundation is the programming because the, this is in the homewood section of pittsburgh people could care less about an opera house being rebuilt who yeah. cares about that nobody cares about that okay except they will care about a place where the kids can go to learn dance to learn theater, to learn music, a place where that serves the community, which is what Mary Caldwell Dawson created it for in the first place in that section of Pittsburgh, to be a place that's open to all people, you know, for to be a, a learning and a creative um, place. So that's what we're talking about. And what we're gonna do at the foundation is the programming for okay. that. So that's what we're, but also, we have to look at sustainability. We mm -hmm. have to make sure that there's an endowment so that the thing yes. can continue to go. And that's, so it's gonna be more than that initial okay. $2 to have it restored. It's, and actually I'm saying restored, it's really gonna be a rebuild. Okay, really. that much? Dilapidated. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I saw a photo and I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Exactly. It is, it, but you can imagine what it looked like then. But it, yeah, exactly. But it is a historic I mean, monument, which and it has been deemed that, which means mm -hmm. that they can't tear it down. I was going to say you have to basically gut it then, right? But still keep. Wow. Bones, but but I mean, there are pieces of it that we might be able to keep, but it's really okay. going to be replicated. But this is going to change the whole community. This is going to change the whole society. This is going to change how people look at arts uh, in that community. I mean, what you're doing is is so much bigger than than you and and everything else. It's like that, you know. My Angelou said, "I come as one, but I stand as ten thousand, Right. Mm -hmm. So Mary Caldwell Dawson has been calling, and you know, we were doing all this stuff on social media, like telling people about this opera house. And Francesca got in touch with me. She said, "Denise, what are you doing? Like, what is this thing that you're doing?" She said, "I've been wanting to do like a one woman show with you. Mm -hmm. So what did we do?" At Glimmer Glass, we did the Passion of Mary Caldwell Dawson. Yep. We actually did it. It's so cool. Like, really, really <laughs> Amazing. It. You know, mm -hmm. like 
and and even you know it was like May and June and I was like Jessica mm. home are we gonna do this <laughs> we have to do this. it's gonna happen because we didn't have anything we didn't have a script we didn't have music we had nothing love her and it happened and I spoke with her the other day and now it's gonna go to Washington it's gonna go to cool. St. Louis it's gonna so what would one of the things that we're doing at the foundation because the Library of Congress has over 11,000 artifacts of Mary Carlo Dawson which means they've got costumes they've got mm -hmm. call numbers they've got of, of photographs they've got music they've got all this stuff so one wow. of the things that the foundation wants to do is like we want to do exhibits so the point is how do we re-educate and get this folded back into the telling of our american history right mm -hmm. and we know we're going to have to go through the schools and we're going to have mm -hmm. to of course go through the conservatories but we want to do it in a way that's really like i it, what's really really important to me is that it be a celebration mm -hmm. of these like not pissed off and saying yeah. like what well, what happened happened mm -hmm. and now we're this is where we are now and i want it to really be befitting of the the stature of these incredible people and the what they gave to um america and what they gave to like all of us and it has to be a joyful like i want it to be a joyful retelling of their stories. So it's going to be done through the arts. So, like, so, right. so for example, we've got this Mary Cardwell Dawson piece now that we could actually take that piece because it's like 70 minutes long. We could actually take that piece along with some of the um, photographs, some of the pieces of music, cool. the letters, yes. photographs of her with Eleanor Roosevelt, mm. okay. the supporter, the costumes, and take that around as a traveling exhibit. It can wow. Too. So we can do the same thing with Elizabeth Taylor Greenfeld, who was another great, uh, incredible dynamic diva that people don't know about because Sandra Seton, who was the playwright for um, this Maricardo Dawson, also has a piece about her, but also having works of art created like children's books and song cycles yes, where yes. we go around into the schools and we use the young artists give them the, assign them the name of a hidden figure like somebody will become um you know um dorothy Maynor or somebody like that and they've got to do research and stuff about it and really works of art and stuff created where we take those into the opera houses and you know at the kennedy center they've got Yep. Those, um, you know, they've got some of the old costumes and yes. things like that, that mm -hmm. will begin to tell the stories of those great Americans that we don't know about. Right. right? So, so that's one of the things that's one of the things. So we've got the house. That's like a gigantic project. We've got another big project right now where we're working on um, having a statue of Marian Anderson put on the steps of the Academy of Music because back in the day, Marian Anderson came to sing a concert there. They said, you can't come through the front door. She said, I'm singing a concert. And they said, whatever. So now well, what we're working on is having a, a statue of her that will be on the front steps. Yes. Because that's the oldest, that's the oldest concert hall in, the, in America on the front steps, uh, a statue of Marian Anderson. So everybody that walks by has to like, you know, yep. So these are like some projects that we're doing, but we've got cool. lots of other programs that Crazy. we that'll be with young artists. So we use those people from the past yeah. to um, encourage and enhance um, um, the voices of the future. And inspire. So this is a full time job. How do you find time to sing? Like I don't. Oh. I don't. 
but but I'm going to like today, like when we finish this, I'm going to like sing. <laughs> but when I get up in the morning, if I get up in the morning, cause I'm a terrible insomniac, I'm like texting all the people in my foundation. We're like, oh, don't forget, we got to do this. We got to do that. We got like two or three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. because I'm literally so on fire and excited about this and really feel like this is the reason that I was put here on the earth. Love. And what a better, like there is no better time than now to, to tell this story, right? There's no better time than now. The time is now because, Perfect. you know, the pandemic, thank God, it, 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 as long as you remain healthy, was a time of great reflection for mm -hmm. everybody. Mm -hmm. Like we all started saying, what are we doing with our lives? We all went inside and, and we, we saw so many pandemics unfold in front of us. Like it, it was a real gift in a lot of ways, as long as you weren't ill or didn't have to deal with somebody who was ill. I, I don't right. want to minimize that at all. This has been horrific. Yes. What's yeah. happened. No, no, no. But yeah. for those of us who've been at home and been healthy and we've been looking at how do we want to use our lives? How do we want our lives to be of service? You know, how do we want to make this place better? Because all you have to do is turn on the news and we're just going like, oh my Hi. God, I can't, believe this. I can't believe that. I can't believe that. And we're at a place now where we just, we cannot be complacent. I remember after 9-11, George Bush said, if you're not with us, then you're against us. Yes, yeah. Period. Like if you are not working towards this and you're part of the problem. So we can't afford to sit at home anymore and say, oh my God, I can't believe that this is happening. Right. We cannot be complacent because then we recognize now that look at what this one woman did back in 1940. So like if she did that, then you know, we don't have any excuses. Um, none whatsoever. Exactly. Exactly. It makes, it makes what we do just seem menial you know we Ooh. we stand on the stage and we sing but you know we we are very privileged and honored and lucky oh, to be doing this she worked her butt off and and against all odds did yeah, something but look at the powerful woman that you the women that you both are you know look at the reach that you have right now it's even true. just with this platform not to mention all the people that you affect when you go out there on the stage, we have a platform, we have a voice and we have to speak up because I'm sorry, like, I don't know if you're red or blue or whatever, but like all the stuff that's gone on in the last few years for all of us that just said like, I can't believe this. Yes. Cannot be made to feel that we are powerless and that we don't have it, that we, we can't effectuate good. Mm -hmm in this country and what happens, you know that one person can make an enormous change in this world. And we I have, can. just look at like all the people, the, the fans that you have, and that you know, I yeah. know that each one of you have had the experience where people come backstage and say, you've changed my life, or I didn't know anything about opera, and yeah. this was my first opera, my first concert, my first whatever, and now I'm a fan full. You know it's happened, it's happened to all of us. You know what, um, right? So Denise, when I just sang Macbeth at, at Chicago Lyric, you know, the big thing in the pandemic for me was that I feel like I found my voice and Carrie helped me with that, with the Screaming Divas. And I really found that I had value and I had a voice. I always thought I was a good singer, but to what degree I, I never knew. So when I, closing night of Macbeth at Chicago Lyric, somebody was sitting in the front row and they held up a sign like that and said, I heart screaming divas. 
And that meant even more to me than the applause that I got walking out after the show was over. So you find that passion. And during the pandemic, I think a lot of people have found that passion. And we're so grateful that you found this. This is beyond words. And it's it's going to be your new path, it sounds like. Well, 100%. I mean, she found me. She called out. She called mm-hmm. out and wanted to be heard because you know how it is. Like, I was speaking yesterday with Mark Skorka about for something for his program. And, you know, life exists this way, particularly when you start working with young people. And I know you probably both have done, you know, worked with young singers and done master classes and teach and that sort of thing. And it's always them, you know, you go in thinking that you're going to be the teacher, but they end up teaching you every Mm -hmm. time. My student, right, who was there, who showed me, you know, who showed me the path, right? It's it's the same way with your your children. You give birth to them, but they actually give birth to you. It's the mm-hmm. other way around. It's totally <laughs> yeah. a case that was 100% that I, I came alive and found my whole, you know, reason for like occupying space and stuff on the earth um, because they really mm-hmm. showed me who I am and, and, and what I have to offer, you know, besides and beyond music. Music is a way Right. Certainly for me, it is a vehicle. And it and what it's done for my life is it's given me a voice for people to pick up the telephone, return the email to be able to do the work that I'm doing now. Love it. And to look at your past and and I mean not to like toot your horn here, but you have sung at presidential inaugurations. You had your own PBS Christmas special. Mm-hmm. And you, you just sang at the funeral of the, of like one of our iconic, iconic women whose, whose shoulders we stand on now for the rights that we have because of her. So I, I mean, you got to sing at her funeral. That was, I mean, I was bawling through that, through that, yeah. watching that. So how yeah. do you keep your calm with all that? How do, how do you, how, knowing that a camera is on you, how, how did you learn to just but I know both, yeah, thank you for the question. But I know that you both know this. I know that you know that because when you've got to do the work, you've got to do the work. And, you know, people think that our life's so glamorous, uh, you know, like, oh, my God, you know, you're in like Paris and you're in your, But it's work. It's always work. I don't even care how small the role is. It's always work. And when you get out there, you've got to do it. So fortunately for me, you know, and I've, I'm from Washington, D.C., and I've done a lot of high profile things, you know, the funeral of, you know, Ford, and I've sung for all the press. I've done a lot. I, I've, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of um, wonderful and beautiful exposure. But I will say this, the work is always work. And so I'm always really just concentrated on that. Mm-hmm. I'm never thinking about who's in the room. Because okay. then you will fall apart, I guess, you know, yeah, maybe yes. I, I just, I just want to, like you both do, I just want to do a good job, right? I just want to do well, right? Yeah. And, and that's all. And so I don't care who's there. But fortunately for me, with the 9-11 performance, you know, in front of all the presidents, I, yeah. I was, it, was, uh, it was also, you know, I was really naive uh, for that performance, which was a saving grace and a gift 
from God because um, I'm from Washington, D.C., and I have a relationship with Washington National Cathedral. So sometimes for mm -hmm. Easter, they'd say, Denise, can you come and sing? You know, <laughs> say, okay, sure. And they, if they had a dedication of a new window or something, they'd say, can you come sing? So it was not mm -hmm. unusual for them to call me. Okay. Say, if you're in town, can you come sing the service? And I'm, mm -hmm. if I'm available, I would do it. So that was not um, unlike that. They called and they said, would you come sing a service? You know, uh, and, and I understood that that was gonna be the response to 9-11, right? Mm -hmm. and so I said, sure, I'm happy to come. And that's what I thought it was. So I thought I was singing just like a regular service. And I was like, it's uh, like, uh, is, that, is that Jimmy Carter? Like, is that like, <laughs> but, but anyway, you blinders, just, right? That's what I always do. I just am like, you know, if I, what I don't know, is not gonna, you know it helps just like okay sorry right. i would have fell out i'm sorry i mean the i would have just died and the sweat and the mascara running i mean i could just you know like i think i might have peed my pants a little bit sorry <laughs> oh my god okay great your can we talk about directing carmen because you am i correct in saying that Bingo. you are uh, yeah uh oh debut with Minnesota. It's going to be Minnesota first. Is that your de uh, directorial debut? Or Glimmer Glass. Oh my God. No, I think oh. it's Minnesota and then Glimmer Glass okay. if I'm right. And, and, and one of my students is singing. That makes it like over the top. It was over 30 something years ago that I made my debut with them with Minnesota Opera with um, Carmen. And, um, you know, it was it was a wall and eight chairs, and that's all it was. Okay. <laughs> you could make it work, girl. You could make it work. It worked. It totally worked. So yeah, they, they called me, um, you know, at the beginning of this year, and they said, we've got a crazy idea. And I said, what? And then I said, I'm going to have to think about this. And so like two months later, they were like, are you done thinking yet or what? Like, what? <laughs> I was like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> yes, yes, honey, yes. Well, how many Carmen's have you sung? Seriously. Like hundreds, hundreds. Somebody told me, like, Denise, you gotta like add them up. Okay. Hundreds, hundreds. I'm not even kidding. No, I know. You are Carmen. Like hundreds. that's all. And I and I told my management, you know, like when I because that was the first thing that I did. And then, you know, like, cause here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. I'm gonna tell you the story. I did Carmen at uh, Covent Garden with Placido, right? And, and um, they, they had those big jumbotrons. They were showing it out. They were showing it outside. So after it was over, Placido said, Denise, let's go outside and speak to the people who've been watching, to the, watching the opera outside. I said, okay. So we come out. So they go, Carmen, oh my God, Carmen, come over here, sign my autograph, sign my autograph. Take a picture with me, Carmen. Placido comes out and they say, Placido, Placido, come over here and sign my autograph. And I said, uh-huh, I got it now. I got it now. Carmen is going to sell because it's Carmen, okay? <laughs> Carmen's going to sell because it's Carmen, because it's it's like one of these operas that has achieved this worldwide approval. Mm -hmm. It's one fabulous tune after the next. Mm -hmm. It's a story that everybody can relate to, mm -hmm. right? It's mm -hmm. a woman. 
And so if you sing it and you sing it well, you're going to sing it all over the place. You're going to sing it everywhere. However, if you want to make a name for yourself, you're going to have to break out of that. Mm. Otherwise, you're Carmen. And then, you know, you've got. So I saw that right away. Like the reason that, you know, Marilyn Horn, first of all, she's like one of the goddess. Love her. They revived and did all those great Handelian things because she was the only one that could sing it. Yep. She was, and so she could say, I want to do X, Y, Z, Z, and Z. And so Mm -hmm. I said to my management, I was like, "Uh, hello, I can do other stuff (laughs) besides this girl. Like that was the first job I got. Wow. It was the first job I got. And because, as I said, you know, it's an opera that is going to be all over the place. If you do it and you do it relatively well, you can be asked to do it. But at some point, you know, somebody's got to look and say, wait a minute, what are we doing? And um, that's one of the things too about for me for the, uh, with, the, with the foundation, because I don't know that a lot of people are really managing and designing a, a careers. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of bookings, a lot of booking mm-hmm. agents and, and they can sell you know, me or they can sell Susie Graham. It's the same for them. It's the same for them, but there's nobody who's really looking and crafting and saying, no, wait a minute. Okay. What's the five-year plan? Bingo. And you can't sing. I'm sorry. You can't sing Handel and then go and sing Wagner, the next opera. And people are doing that. It's a, I'm sorry, but I think the impresario, that role is, is basically dead. Mm -hmm. And managers are just booking agents. They're not managers anymore. They are. They are, and there's no investment, and there's nobody looking out for the artist because when you're done and tired and washed up and whatever, and you've seen Steve Zytel's a couple of times, it's over. Yep. It's over, right? But right? there's 50 people standing right behind you that are going to take your place. So you know, they know that. Out of all the people we've interviewed in the lot, we're in season two, we're almost done with season two this year. The one person that actually talked about going back to that was Michael Heaston, who's now at the Met. Mm-hmm. And he talked about, I really want to find, I want to make that path and make that plan. I want to hire them now. So that in five years, we all can kind of see where they're going. I want them for this and I want them healthy. And that's instead of just these flash in the pan, really fast careers. And then they burn out because like you said, it's booking agents, everybody's singing too heavy repertoire, whatever it is. That's why also know thyself and, and have a team around you that can help you make these decisions if yep. the impresario is not there anymore. Does that make sense? And it's okay to say no. I feel like nobody seems to understand that anymore. It's okay to say no. And it's hard. It's hard when you're young and you've got like all this debt coming out of school oh. and you start getting jobs and you're just so excited that somebody's like, you know, offerings. I, I remember the first contract I got, you know, like for, it was like $10,000. I was like, oh, what? You cannot tell me nothing now. <laughs> excuse me right but yep. first of all that if you get to keep that it's making the money is one thing keeping it whole other ball game whole other thing whole other ball game there's like a hundred people that you've got to do and so I, I what we see happening now like one of the one of the um programs that we're going to have in the foundation is called generations and that's when we pair an up-and-coming emerging artist with like a legend or 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 or, or a present day, you know, person in the field who can say, wait a minute, 
Yeah, honey. Because that's what I did. I went to Flicka von Stadter. I went to Marilyn Horn. Like when I started, I was like, okay, tell me. Mm-hmm. Talk to me. Tell me what's what. Tell mm-hmm. me the story. Because the managers aren't going to do that. You know, it's, we're just talking. There's no really impresarios to somebody to say, wait five years before you do that. Let exactly. me house that's part of your voice right here. How are you above the staff? Don't do that. Look at act four. That's not a good idea right now. But but when you're young and you're just getting out and you're so excited that somebody's just offering you a job where you can start paying back your loans, yes. you say I yes. I know. And, and also they're not that. they're not teaching the young kids how to to manage their finances. You know, it's 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 just every paycheck. Carrie and I we talk about this a lot. Every paycheck that we get, I mean, it's automatically basically fifty percent gone. That's you know, right. managers, housing, flights, incidentals, taxes, and you and we look at a check for ten thousand. We think, oh yeah, 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 Woo! but actually, it's <laughs> half of that. Yeah, if you're lucky. If you're you know? lucky. If you're lucky, and. Nobody's teaching that. So what a great idea to have people who've done this, like for you, 35 years, you know, and say, all right, look, here's what needs to happen. And no, we're not going to do this. And we're going to try to work with this conductor and we're not going to go to this house yet. And we're going to somebody to actually, you know, uh, because Marilyn Horn said to me, she said, you know, Denise, only a singer understands a singer. That's it. Like, you can have wonderful people, but there's only a singer who's really going to understand a singer who can, you know, talk to you and say, wait a minute, let's think about this. Let's look at that. Take half of that and put this in a set area. Here's what you're going to do, you know, to really manage the career so that you, you know, so that you don't have to keep saying yes, because you get in a cycle. I mean, uh, there was, there was a, there's been a PBS film about um, uh, another wonderful one on um, Muhammad Ali. Mm. And I don't know if you guys have seen I it, but seen it Ken Burns thing. And he talked, they talked about his life and how he got in this cycle and people, and even when he should have stopped, you know, boxing like a long time ago, he couldn't Yeah, because of the lifestyle and mm. everything. So that's yeah. what happens. You get caught in a loop and a lot of things you should say no to. You feel like you can't because you don't know when the next offer is going right. to come. Right. You can take that right now. And then my um my dad would always say to me uh don't sacrifice the permanent for on the altar of the immediate because if you if you go out and sing something a maybe you're not ready for or it's too whatever it is the consequences of that are far reaching and long and it's much harder to fix that than it is to hold on get a job at starbucks or whatever you have to do to make the ends meet get pay your mortgage and work so that when that the next opportunity comes, it is the right one, you're knocking it out of the park and that your future is stronger that way then. And it is the most difficult thing to do. I just had to do that recently for, for this fall. And I was like, no, you know what? Um, that audition is still going to be there in the spring. I really need the time to focus on this new stuff. And I want to make sure that I nail it because I'm not going to get another opportunity again. Does that make sense? So I, I mean, I, we do it at all stages of our career, to be quite yeah. honest. I think we're constantly weighing the balances of the choices we make. So, yeah. Did, That's very Denise, did you ever get caught up in that, that whole do more, be more famous, you know, wanting more because I, I know I think I did when I was younger 
Oh, know? absolutely. And and there were a lot of people that I was responsible for, a lot mm-hmm. of my family and I had like everybody working for me, like everybody, you know, everybody <laughs> in my family had some kind of job, right? I love and that. The burden of that is just so heavy. Yeah. You mm-hmm. have to work. You know, so but I started early on starting to do, you know, um thinking like a businesswoman and thinking like mm-hmm. an entrepreneur and, and thinking that there's got to be multiple streams of income coming in mm-hmm. because um, sometimes you need a break. Sometimes the voice needs a break. You know, some, mm-hmm. I, I, I did a lot of things I shouldn't have done. I mean, a lot of things I shouldn't have done, you know, yeah. and you find out like the hard, hard, hard way. Uh, Right. I think we've all been there, done that. You know, yeah. I remember one job I was like, yes, I can do it. And then I get out there and you just totally crack and fall on your face. And you're just like, why, why, <laughs> why, <laughs> why? Totally. So what, okay. We know the foundation. We've talked about that. Are there any other next steps to your life, your career? Go, I mean, you're directing, is there teaching running so an opera house? I'm teaching at Juilliard and I'm teaching at Peabody and mm-hmm. I love my kids. And, and if, if anybody had told me that I would be way more interested and invested in like other people's careers than my own, like you could have never told me that, like not ever. You want to talk about like, I was just like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, and when my, for me, and I do, didn't have I couldn't have ever thought that I would genuinely, genuinely care so deeply about the success of those young people, those young, beautiful faces that come to me looking, you know, for the answer. Uh, that, that has probably been one of the biggest surprises of my life. Wow. About how sincerely, how, how sincerely deeply I care mm-hmm. about these young people and about them doing really, really well. And that's how the foundation came to be too, you know, plus I've got my own kids, right? Well, yeah. I mean, Ella is what, how old is she now? She is 17 and she is graduating, you know, next year. And she is going into musical theater. I was going to ask that. Okay. Look at mom's face. (laughs) Protests, you know, um, you know, it's, it's, it's in her, it's, it's very much in her, you know, I mean, she's grown up in the theater and, you know, she, she was always singing, like before she spoke, she was singing and she was singing all the time. She never, ever, ever had an inside voice, like not ever. She was always the loudest kid on the playground, the loudest kid in, you know, like when I go for the parents teacher conference, they'd say, she, she's a great girl, but she, um, she's really social. <laughs> she talks a lot she's always singing can you can you, can you give every, her something to calm her down yeah. Yeah. You, on every you, report card everything every teacher conference but my mom was like whatever you know she's her yeah. she's her yeah. exactly like it'd be when she's like two it'd be like two o'clock in the morning my husband would say did you leave the television on or something <laughs> I said no I didn't no. what's that She'd be standing on her bed, singing. Love it. I love her. I don't know her. I love her. I want to well, know. Last time I saw her was at the, in the Met cafeteria, like gah, 15 years ago, I think. I mean, Girl, she, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, no, she is very, 
changed. Is she is she beautiful? I mean, she's got to be beautiful. Oh, okay. The whole deal, and my husband doesn't like any of that. And I'm like, look, you know, we can't do anything about it. That's how she. It's all on the whole thing. Is all on. Let me see if I can show you this picture. Let's see if you can see this. <gasps> oh my god! Oh, you're in big trouble, mom. <laughs> do, do you have the gun? Do you have the gun yet? We've got the guns. Okay. You locked up, you know, thing. <laughs> she is gorgeous. She's oh my God. Well. And she's, you know, she's compassionate and she's smart. And, um, you know, so it's all, it's all happening. That's exciting. You did a good job, mom. Yeah. You did a really good job. We're still out, but we'll, we'll see. You know, we'll see. And my son, Max, you know, Max is in his first year at NYU and he's cool. doing his thing. You know, he's doing his thing. Cool. And, um, Ella's right behind him. So it's all, it's all on. Should we, should we let Denise go or do we have any more questions? Do you want to ask Carrie or? Um, I wish I could hug you. And I know. Well, I'm going to take a rain check for that hug. Okay. I would love to have that. And, I just, uh, I love, when I started reading about the foundation and now this conversation, I want this to go everywhere. I just, wow. I, this is um, brilliant and amazing. And she's so inspirational. And then on top of that, it's in the schools because that's where we're yeah. going to have the diversity on our stages is when classical arts are taught and are more prevalent, like they were for us in the schools. And so yes. this is just an amazing, we're going to broadcast this all around I mean, even past our lifetimes this will be far-reaching so, so this is so important and we are seeing now uh you know in certainly in america i think most opera companies now are, are really championing um you know new works right and yeah. being able to tell new stories and we see that happen you know i was i was at the um the met the opening of the the season from the met yeah and being, that was a wild party it was wild like everybody was there but i was so I mean, there was this guy, you know, who's like in Pori. He's like, he's really tall guy. I don't know his name, but he's got a beard and everything. Honey, he showed up in a silver lame gown with his Tina Turner wig on his beard and the whole thing. And I was really happy for him. And I was really happy for everybody because I thought people feel like they can be who they are. And they feel that this is a community mm -hmm. that will accept and embrace whoever you choose to be. Yeah. Amen. It's important. Yeah. Well, important. And you, you've done a lot of new works too. We've seen that and, you know, God bless you for doing I'm that. I started and out doing new work. So, you know, people always, they, they know that I've done, you know, Carmen's a lot, but I've done over 75, got over 75 different roles because mm -hmm. as a mezzo soprano, you're not always going to be, you know, they're not that many protagonists. Mm -hmm. So you're always going to be, you know, I, I always joke that, you know, the reason my knees are screwed up is from Suzuki. I mean, I did so many Suzuki. Totally, totally. I how many Suzuki I've done. It's all about it's that service. It's all about the or the time. aunt or the mother or the grandmother. I mean, oh, like, you facts. You're somebody's abuela or something, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that's why. Um, that's what happens for the mezzo soprano voice. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? I always loved, like, when Aldegisa was over, I was like, I'll be back there with my margaritas. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that fair? And you're like, Soprano's still singing. Is she ever going to shut up? Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, do we do you have time for some rapid fire questions? Yeah, yeah, I want to. Okay. I have a good one. Okay, go. Okay. What is the scariest thing you've ever done? Ooh. The scariest thing that I ever did, I was in Hawaii with my husband and he was telling me that he found this place that had the best banana bread. And we had to go up this mountain. And when I say mountain, like I mean mountain. And there was no, like, like there was only one lane for the car. Oh. Like over the side was like- Death. Jesus. Death. <laughs> and I prayed like, and I said, God, if you get me through this, and I told my husband, this better be the this banana bread. This better be the top of the mountain. Better be the best damn thing that I've ever tasted in my life. You understand? Like we got kids. Like what the hell? Are we crazy? Like we're chasing banana bread. Was it good? You know, that was the scariest thing I've ever done. It was. Was it worth it? No, it was not. I could have made it way better. It was petrifying. It was petrifying. And my heart felt like it was going to break through my chest cavity. Oh and I said, if God, please, just please, just let me get out of this thing. Oh. And I felt through the banana bread. Just let me get home. <laughs> not time to see Jesus yet. Not, not <laughs> time. Yeah, not <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Um, what is the one thing you do that drives your family crazy? Hmm. Um, well, they don't like what I'm practicing. Mm. They're like, um, how long is that going to be going on? Like, when can we watch a movie? You know, they don't like it. that. And they also don't like, which I love when I like pop my gum. And there are two things I love doing. I love swearing mm -hmm. and I love popping my gum. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that makes me crazy. Okay. Love that. Favorite midnight snack. Mm. Ooh. 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 I'm sorry that it's very boring, but I like scrambled eggs. Oh, delicious. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -mm. Hey, I like quick. after a show or something coming home. Cool. Scrambled eggs. Okay. Yeah. Advice you'd give your 12 year old self. Oh, wow. Uh, work harder. Mm. Really? You work so I'm hard. Work I'm a workhorse, but I would have worked harder in college. You know, I would have, okay. I, would have worked, I should have worked harder in college. Yeah, for sure. Last thing you Googled. Oh, um, that would have been this morning. Uh, what was it? Gary <laughs> Alchema, just kidding. <laughs> I was trying to find wine glasses uh, at Bed Bath & Beyond and have them delivered to the house. Crate and Barrel, best wine glasses. Yeah. Oh, good um, we've got a board of directors meeting. We've got lots, because my husband's a big wine aficionado, mm -hmm. like gigantic. Um, but we've got this board meeting and we've got lots of really nice wine glasses, but I didn't want to, I wanted to get some like, like a Crate box of wine glasses. Yeah. That, Great and Barrel, that's where I get on mine because we might have neighbors that like to break our wine glasses. <laughs> hey, Melanie, what's up? Hi, Melanie. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, you have met so many amazing, famous people. Did yeah. you ever fangirl out or have a favorite celebrity crush? Mm -hmm. um, first of all, 
I don't get that excited by celebrity. That's okay. number one. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe Tom Cruise. You met Tom Cruise? Any t- Tom Cruise came to my dressing room. This was back in the day. And asked if we could order him a pizza for the um, intermission of Carmen. No, what? <laughs> Gary, we are talking to a legend. <laughs> Excuse me, I know you're in the middle of a show, but I really need a pepperoni pizza. <laughs> that is the truth. That is true story. Your memoir is going to be interesting. Really? Yeah, I have a picture of it. I have to try. And I was oh. like, wait, what? What? I was like, and I've and I've since met him many times after that. But the first time I was like, did you get the pizza? We got him a pizza. Damn, what do you get on it? Do you remember? Pizza, like a cheese pizza. I was just like, what? So he, he snacked his way it. through act two. He, he, he was burping and snacking through act two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. I am like slightly horrified by that, but okay, there you this go. Isn't it, but this is a cute picture. This isn't it. That's oh, not is oh, that you? That's amazing. Uh, oh my God. You lucky girl. That is so we a, amazing. We, a, we do. We did a rigoletto together, but um, oh, cool. and that was the other thing. I, you know, Madalena, I bet you did a lot Madalena, of Madalenas. She's way up there with, uh, you know, Carmen and the other people too. But, wow. Um, Sesame Street, you know. Um, oh, yes. Okay. Oh, three oh. things you have to do every day. Well, I'm like kind of crazy about brushing my teeth. <laughs> Okay. Um, things that I have to do every day. Um, I want to tell my um, children how much I love them. Mm-hmm. That's like, super important to me. To it's important to me to show it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Number three. I, you know, I would say working out, but I don't do that every day. <laughs> Drinking coffee. Oh, I oh I know what it is. I pray every day. Mm-hmm. So then after that, Carrie has a really good question, I bet. I sure do. I thought you were going to ask me like celebrity crush or something like that. Your favorite celebrity crush? Was it not Tom Cruise? (laughs) No. My favorite celebrity crush, honey, is TJ Holmes from Good Morning America. Oh my God. Did you meet him? So cute. He's so cute. And every time he smiles, I cannot keep myself together. Have you met him? No. And I don't oh. think I want to. <laughs> Your husband would be like, Denise. I want to. I'm too scared. Oh, so there is one that you you are like, okay, a little. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I mean, I like, I watch it every day just to look at his beautiful, beautiful mm. face and that gorgeous smile. Oh, that's awesome. We're, we're going to have to send this to him. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to ask Carrie's question. We'll go for it. What is your favorite swear word? In any language. In any language. Um, definitely fuck. Dun, da, da, da. That's just like Carmen. That's- Most played. Everybody loves fuck. <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. Cause you can use it so many ways. There's a, and, and, and it's the fricatives, you know, it's yeah. like the, it really gets out the emotion of what it is. It Absolutely. really gets it. You described it perfectly. That's what, that's it. It's the, 
yeah, it's the satisfaction of saying yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Carrie. Last, Last question. One? If heaven exists, what do you want to hear God say as you walk through the pearly gates? Um, wow. Um, well, I want to know where like all the famous people are. I, <laughs> I want, where's Marian Anderson? I, I kind of <laughs> like, you know, where's Gandhi? Where's like Martin Luther King? I kind of want to know where like, where all the like fabulous people are hanging out, but that wasn't your question. What do yeah, I want is. to hear? Well, you said, what do I want to hear God what say? What do you want to hear God say when you walk through the pearly gates? Um, rehearsal starts at like five o'clock. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Be well. Yeah. I hope we see you soon. Me too. And, and give a big old hug to that husband of yours. Wait, excuse me, excuse me. Have you guys seen what my husband's done lately? No. Uh, heart transplants. Wait a minute. Wait, you guys, my husband has been everywhere. He has done the first breakthrough of a pig organ. Saw it. Into front page what? of New York. You know, yes. how, you know how many people saw that? I know. Wait He's more famous than you. He's like way more famous. Do you know how many people have, see, have seen it? I'm, I'm going to tell you, you're going to fall over. No. And did he not have his own heart transplant? 7.9 billion people. Oh, okay, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Heart transplant, pig? Pig. To, to what? Heart transplant into a pig. From, from he, did, he did the first transplant from a pig into a human. He Whoa. has been everywhere. He's, he's been everywhere. Yeah. Like, he he's getting ready to well anyway his own wikipedia page is like what but did he have like, his own his book of world records he's done like all this stuff but he mm -hmm. he but he is like he is a rock star and he's hunky too he's really hunky. <laughs> he's so cute i know he's so hunky and it, did he not have his own heart transplant too he had seven heart attacks right he had four deaths on the table, oh. one for 45 minutes. Girl. He invented the thing that saved his own life. He was on the team that helped discover um, the cure for hepatitis C. He got, he got, he got a hepatitis C heart from a, um, a person who overdosed an opioid um, oh. person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, he, he, is a walking miracle himself. Um, he has had so he's been in a coma. He didn't know anything when he could, he didn't learn how to speak. He had to learn how to speak again. He had to learn how to talk again. He didn't know who we were. He is he. That is a movie. No, joke. And it, it puts our lives all into perspective now, doesn't it? Like what we do, in, in many ways, is so insignificant. I mean, we've never saved a life. I haven't. That's spectacular. That's amazing. Well, I, he was on on my question, but I thought, you know what? <clears throat> we had to talk about your foundation much more because that is near and dear. Yes. But God, give him a bigger hug and squeeze then, please. Yeah, right. Not too hard. Great, great pleasure. Oh, thank you. Be well. <laughs> and, we'll and, and Diva, Diva, we will talk to Diva, you. Diva, yes. Diva sisters, yes. Diva sisters. All right. <laughs>
I Take love care, you. Denise. This was so much fun. Thank love you. Thanks for doing this. Thanks this made my day. You Thank you. Thank, Thank you. So you. Much. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.